Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is the Scummy Mummies podcast. Hello and welcome to the Scummy Mummies podcast. It's me, Helen Thorne. And it is me, Ellie Gibson. And today we have Deborah James. Hello. A.K.A. Bow Babe. Yes, possibly <laughs> the best Instagram handle I've ever heard. Bow Babe. I mean, it's... Are it's... you a DJ? No, well... DJ Bow Babe. DJ Bow Babe. Unfortunately, it's tried to mix a bit of sex and poo together. Yeah. I mean, listen, it's a, it's a niche thing but there are people who are into it I've, I've been on the internet um <laughs> i don't want to go on the internet ever again if it's like that <laughs> yes no. so introduce yourself deborah who are you who am i that's a good question um i sometimes ask myself that question um so i am a mum of two um i'm 36 years old i have to remember my age 36 years old um i have an eight-year-old um and a 10-year-old um and in my previous life if we want to call it that um i was a deputy head teacher over a second secondary school and worked in education for 15 years um, and lived and breathed it Um, and then about a year ago um, got got, um, kind of world fell apart and got struck with cancer Um, and now I um, write about it and very open about it um, and write a column for the sun. And it is bowel cancer you've got. I mean, it would be weird if your Instagram name was Bowel Babe and you actually had lung cancer or liver cancer. That would be slightly absolutely. odd. Yeah, that would be confusing. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's You're going really up the funny. wrong path, yeah. literally. <laughs> Most people, the first thing people say to me is, oh, when I say to them, oh, I've got cancer, they're like, oh, is it breast cancer? And I'm like, well, no. Because that's the lady cancer. Yeah, that is the lady cancer. And funny enough, uh, Bowel Babe, as my image, is very pink uh, because you would never associate uh, pink with bowel cancer. And so when I then tell people that, you've got bowel, that I've got bowel cancer, they're like, oh, Oh, wasn't that a 69 year old man um, who, <laughs> oh, who kind nice, of, which yeah. is always nice and I'm like well no actually funny enough I've met loads of girls who are kind of you know hot attractive fit who've all got bowel cancer do, what do they expect you to say to that oh my god maybe you're right there must have been a terrible mistake I shall demand a mammogram immediately <laughs> Nothing wrong with my colon. It's perfectly oh, fine. It's upside down. Yes. <laughs> no, it is my tip. Top off the wrong part of my body. It was really. throat, not anus. Oh, oh man. Oh, damn oh, it. I think I obviously met the wrong physician, and I think he might might have had a butt fetish. <laughs> my my um my father-in-law had bowel cancer, and he he's the poster boy. Really, you know, yes. he's he's in his seventies. That's 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 bowel cancer. That's yeah. bowel cancer. And unfortunately, he's got an Instagram account called Bowel Dude. Of course, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> 
should take yeah. up with him. It sounds great. Yeah, no, he's great. Yeah. So how did you, when did you first sort of get an inkling that something was wrong? It was, because let's be honest, that's what everyone wants to know, really. Have I got it, Deborah? Have I got, yeah. have I got it's it? It's never about you. It'd be yeah, all, it's about me. suddenly becomes about yeah. them. It's, it's amazing. So I, um, actually, can I just be really honest with you? I get now sent pictures of people's poo. Oh, yeah. So I've well, suddenly... I don't think you are. Gillian fucking McKeith. Well, you know, suddenly, suddenly I, I've had to Google what's normal poo. And Bristol, I'm like, oh, it's the Bristol it's scale. It's the Bristol scale. Um, but the first thing people ask me is, well, how do you know? And I was really, really busy. I was like, busy mum of two, working full time, running around. And then suddenly um, I started to lose weight, but I put it down to like my trying to kick ass in the gym. Um, and then the second thing was... Your was, ass was being kicked my by ass was cancer, being kicked. Mm. And the worst thing is that I thought my ass looked quite good because I was losing weight. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Which unfortunately is one of the other signs. So I was losing a bit of weight. My ass was being kicked. I was bloody knackered, to be honest with you. But then everyone, every mum is knackered, aren't they? So you kind of drink a gin and tonic and then you think it's fine. Mm. Um, yeah. really We've all knackered. thought of going to the GP and going, I'm really knackered and then imagining him or her just laughing in our face. Like yeah. that's, you know. Absolutely. I feel tired. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, really fine. <laughs> Have you been sleeping? No. no. Have you been drinking? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what happens. And then the, the, the big thing for me is I basically started shitting blood. So, and the first thing you do is you Google, um, you know, what happens when you shit blood and it automatically says you have bowel cancer um, and then you have a meltdown And but funny enough when you even when I went to my GP um, and started saying you know I'm passing blood they tell you that you've got hemorrhoids oh that's which is yeah. nice that's so, not cancer which is not cancer so then you then if you're me you kind of have a really really good look at your ass in the mirror and yeah. you realise that you don't have hemorrhoids so you can't see the bloody things and then you keep on going back to the GP um, and it was only when I showed, showed my GP pictures of my poo right that they then suddenly went oh yeah actually maybe you've got something wrong and then finally got referred to, um, to see something but it is like you know most people come to me and say well maybe it's IBS um, you know maybe I'm just run down but I would say if it just doesn't feel right yeah keep on going back really mm. yeah oh good grief so then so then you had the the diagnosis and how what's that like what's it like being told that yes you do have it I mean yeah. so you had an inkling absolutely I had an inkling um and but funny enough um because it's um quite unusual for somebody my age to have it I mean it's not unheard of that's you're that. saying you're special, Deborah, aren't you? Yeah. You're of saying course. you're really special. Well, actually, Lucky you. I thought, I thought this is brilliant. I thought, right, look at the statistics. I thought it must be one in a million. Must be one in a million. You, everybody wants to be one in a million. No, it's quite common, apparently. Oh, um, so, unfortunately, like, damn it, damn it. In our in our lifetime, about one for women, about one in sixteen of us will get bowel cancer. Really? Yeah, which is so common. So, if you think about that as a lifetime statistic, I was thinking, oh, you know, it must be really unusual. But there's about two and a half thousand people who under the age of 50 are diagnosed which is on par with kind of like testicular cancer other cancers which we know quite a lot about underpants cancers let's, underpants let's put them cancers. under that umbrella absolutely and gynecological <laughs> cancers yeah. as well oh, so you one in 16 like... well I know about 14 other women and now I know you so it's not going to be me because you've got it so that's alright isn't it <laughs> that's, that's, that's now what works right. exactly. that's reassuring that's, that's, thanks Deborah. that's alright no problem at all <laughs> but as soon as you're told as soon as you're diagnosed um, you it's almost like I look back now and it's kind of comedy but scary as hell so you're you're told that they think it might be cancer and I just screamed I just went I don't want to die I don't want to die and then me and my husband drove we literally drove to the wine shop brought the most expensive bottle of wine that we Mm. could possibly find and got absolutely annihilated 
because it's the only way you can handle it yeah to be honest with you was and, it obviously dreadful news but was there one thing in particular of all the dreadful things obviously then you, is, was it the worry about the chemo was it the worry about mortality like what was yeah the, the I big... think for me the, the worry was my journey that I had is that actually I was they thought it was benign tumour to start with so I went very quickly in the space of about three months from um, going through lots of different tests then suddenly finding um, that I'd gone from thinking it was benign tumour and maybe I just need the fucker cut out yeah um, and get it like, out get it out get and it'll be fine so I actually went into to, into the operation um, a, a year ago almost to the day went into the operation thinking oh we'll just get this fucker out I thought I'd be back at work like two weeks later mm. all be fine um, then it transpired that not only had it spread into my lymph nodes when I then got referred to the Marsden because as soon as with bowel cancer as soon as it's gone into your lymph nodes you need to have a bit of chemo um, as soon as I then went to the Marsden and they kind of did more tests they realised that it had gone to my lungs as well uh. so I went I went from like stage one with statistics being really good if I was a woman I, well you know sometimes a woman I am a woman if I'm a woman in the UK and I have stage one bowel cancer actually I have nearly 100% survival rate mm-hmm. uh, which is ridiculous because basically it's caught really early and cut it out and my statistics for a five year survival dropped in the space of three months from nearly 100% down to uh, less than one in ten percent i mean that's not ideal which is not ideal so you suddenly like like you get hell-bent on these statistics and you Mm. can't stop looking at them and you google and google and google um, and you realize that they're never going to get any better and you realize that actually that it you know it's because it's quite well it's a very serious disease and unfortunately when it's caught late so when it's spread the um the statistics are you know less than one in ten people survive Mm. Yep. Which is scary when I, you when you look at that. Yeah, that's that that is that. But but I'd be buying a bottle of wine, mate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Have you anything that costs six thousand pounds? Uh, <laughs> okay. no, just put it all in the all in the trunk, all in the yeah. trunk. Yeah. People ask me why I still drink alcohol, and I think, well, well if you have my statistics, you would still be drinking alcohol. <laughs> I mean, I mean, when I met you before, you said that to me that some people are very judgy about the fact that you're still yeah. drinking and Absolutely. you know um fuck them right fuck them i think genuinely you have to do whatever will get you through because mentally mm. when you are faced with that staring at you in the face and there's nothing you can do to change it you just think fuck it i'm gonna make the most of what i've got absolutely um, that includes drinking wine and margaritas that's exactly what i'm gonna do yeah yeah <laughs> but it's nice of them to think you know deborah's obviously you know got this terrible disease it's very frightening yeah what i'm gonna do is judge some of her lifestyle choices that'll definitely help her out yeah that's good yeah so you're saying so a year ago you went and had the operation yeah and so have you been doing chemotherapy since then? pretty much ever since so I started chemotherapy in the february mm-hmm. um and i'm still on chemotherapy now mm-hmm. um with the hope that i'm gonna i've still got some tumors in my lungs okay. so i've had 19 rounds of chemotherapy um and to be honest with you i am fucked <laughs> as a result i'm knackered um, and I, you know, I, I do take wine in to have chemotherapy because oh. I lose... Take cocaine, take whatever you want. <laughs> take, take everything. Jesus. I, I have a very unusual reaction when they put the drugs in. It's, it's almost comical in that um, I actually lose my ability to speak. So when... It's almost comical, Deborah, but also it sounds fucking terrifying. <laughs> it's like, Almost comical. It's almost comical. Imagine having uh, 10 gin and tonics and a couple of shots that just pumped into your system immediately and you start going 
I mean, I've been there, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That. yeah, that's you, me on a Saturday that. night, yeah. And when you look at yourself in the mirror, you realise that your your mouth is starting to kind of slide, oh. slide a bit. Yeah. Helen Daniels when she had the stroke. Absolutely, yeah. spot yeah. on. Nightmare. And you kind of look at yourself and you know when you're trying really hard to speak and it's not quite coming, coming out, that is what it's like. So it's like being really, really pissed, but without really the fun, without the fun. build up karaoke yeah. dancing on the tables without getting the off with the milkman I don't know what you do on your nights out I'm not judging you I'm not judging you the, wor- the worst thing is is that as soon as it stops it's like the bloody hangover kicks in oh, so, so, that's, the so that's the thing so you effects. do this and then the hangover kicks in and you can't even sleep because you're on steroids so you're kind of going crazy at 3 o'clock in the morning so it's kind of like it is a bit of a mental head screw to mm. be perfectly honest with you so I'm still on chemo at the moment I'm hoping I'm praying for in the next month or so to have a break because I think my body I mean I well you guys know I yesterday I had an exploding ass and exploding you know everything is just yeah I've got to the point where I just need to have a bit of a break but it's a battle because you don't want to have a break and then the cancer to go everywhere yeah um so you do I do need to wait up at the moment how does the chemo actually work because you talk about chemo I always thought that that you were in some kind of radiation bubble but what so what what's involved you're just sitting in a chair having some yes yeah, so i actually chemicals have, plugged like, into you you can't say i'm just showing you guys but i actually have a port implanted into me so i've become a, oh, bit that's of a robot, relaxing. which is yeah. really nice i can't go through scanners anymore oh in the airport it's quite good so i, I can smuggle whatever the fuck you're I'm like into the, the terminator with yeah. a dodgy bowel absolutely <laughs> so i'm full of like bits and bobs but i have a port which is essentially like you know when you have a blood test yeah, mm. um, and they draw out some blood from a needle, if they had to do that every time or pump, you know when they pump stuff into you, yeah. essentially my veins would collapse because it's just too is much. Is that called a cannula? Yeah, like a cannula, absolutely. Yeah. So I have a port that is directly linked to one of my central veins and that's how I get chemo. And so what happens, you go into hospital for a day and they just, through your port, pump you full of drugs. Mm. Yeah, are full of drugs and it's not just like the chemotherapy drugs it's all the drugs to counteract all the side effects so it's like anti-sickness and steroids and all these different things and then you you leave you're mixing your drinks Deborah that's you why mi- you're feeling sick you mix sicky. it you mix you're it you're mixing your, 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 your WKDs with your rum and cokes with oh, your, your, with your beer the, the come down is hideous I bet absolutely hideous um, and then then I spend three days attached to a portable pump that I take around um, and then um, and I can take the pump to the pub if I want to um, and then um, then I'm disconnected and then 14 days later it starts all over again oh, oh fuck so, so the thing is, so again, this is a really numpty thing to say, but you don't look like a person in the movies who's having chemotherapy. She's got hair. Ellie's got, not, Ellie's got not, hair. Lustrous hair. hair. Yes. You look like you're in Girls Aloud at their prime. She's wearing leather trousers, Ellie. Yeah, I mean, she's Ellie got and leather I've... leggings. She's got a scamp and dude t-shirt on, big earrings. Yeah. Oh, she, you, you look very tanned and sort of healthy and you look... Yep. You know. But this is the misconception. Right. So this is the thing that I kind of bang on about, probably in my columns or whatever it is, because everybody goes, oh, you don't look like you've got cancer. And so I'm like, well, what the fuck does cancer look like? Because this is the problem. Most cancer is portrayed in this really dark, Mm. grey, like depressing way. And I mean, it is depressing and it is really hard, but not all cancer is like that and I'm faced with like I've just told you my statistics you know my statistics are as worse as they come you can't get any any worse than mine pretty much but 
but yet again she's showing off <laughs> you know come on if you're gonna have cancer you may as, you may as well go hardcore <laughs> you know just just fucking go all out go go just, just go for it yeah. but, but in terms of like um, you know it doesn't mean that I'm every, it's the first question everybody says is well you haven't lost your hair and it just it just is it's just because the treatment that I'm on um, it doesn't make it any less harsh. Yeah. It's mm. just, so it's just a different kind of chemo. It's just a different yeah, kind okay. of chemo. Yeah. Um, but I do think it's quite important because when I look in the mirror and I look ill, mm. you feel ill. Yeah. Um, and you feel even worse than what you actually do. Mm. Um, and I think, so for me, getting dressed and putting on some lipstick and feeling a bit kind of normal yeah. um, is really important. Mm. And I think it becomes a bit of a self-fulfilling kind of... Yeah. Thing. Act, act it, and then act was it, it fake it till you make it? Fake yeah. it till you make it. As yeah. my husband said to me last night. No, I'm joking. <laughs> joking, of course. <laughs> um, but I if he wasn't allowed to speak during that time, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Silence <Hush> now. <laughs> yes. Carry on. No, left, left. Stop. Um, <laughs> but um, is there is there any part of you that's angry? Because as you as you're saying, you know, you you're quite sort of late stage cancer, and you did go in, and you were told it was hemorrhoids. Are you, are you angry about that? Um, no, I think I think I could be really really angry about it, and I think. Um, I would be angry if other people are experiencing that. But I think the reality is that if I was sat in the GP's um, position, I would look at me and go, well, you're quite fit and healthy. You're a mum or two. Of course, you're knackered. And it goes back to like what you were saying in terms of, well, just go and have a gin and tonic. You'll be fine. Um, but I do think the perception, I, do, I just, I, I think it, it needs, it does need to change and people do need to be diagnosed a lot quicker. Um, but I'm not massively angry about my situation. I get angry now, but that's because of the steroids that I'm on. Right. Okay, great. So you're <laughs> like the whole yes. <laughs> Don't make me angry. Do not make yeah. me angry. I, I, I bit the head off of a parking attendant the other day. I, I bite the head off of everyone just generally. Mm. And then I blame the steroids. And then my husband reminds me that I was like that before steroids. <laughs> well, I think I think you should have, you know, like you have the baby on board, you should have the cancer on board. The cancer on board. Do you know, funny enough, there's a button. They're, they're bringing that out. Are they? They are bringing that out. But I was thinking, I don't know whether I want to wear it. I don't know. Might give it a go. Mm, you never know. You never know. If you get a seat, I, I don't mind when people think I'm pregnant. I'm very happy to sit down. <laughs> very, always happy to sit down. Now, so you, you've you sort of come out now as a cancer... Yeah. Cancer champion? Come out. Come out. I've tried to cancer chick. <laughs> Mum, Dad, I've got something to tell you. Uh, I've been having these funny feelings in my ass, and... Uh, Yes, I'm coming out. Oh, I'm coming cancer. out of the closet. I've got bum cancer. Yes. My name is Deborah, and I have cancer. Yes. yes. Of the bum. Yeah. And yes, somebody did have to go up it to cut it out. Oh, oh yes. Wow. I mean, well, give, give Helen half a bottle of Southern Comfort and someone, she'll let someone go up there yeah. just for laughs. Um, True facts. Yeah. Not funny. Um, how... <laughs> So your kids are eight and ten. How much do they know about what's going? Because obviously they must see you. Yeah, poorly. they know everything. They see me. They see me sick, and they get really worried. Like yesterday, I was really sick, and they were really worried about it. But they they also quite like Belle Babe because they think that she's she's way fun than Mum. Mm. Um, you mean like your online persona? Yeah, they get involved. They read my columns. Right. Because the problem the problem is is that I. 
I just thought the best way with my kids is just to be really honest with them yeah. um, and really open about everything because the reality is that, you know, you can't hide it. You can't hide the fact that you have cancer. Especially at 8 and 10. They're wily. They're fucking wily. They know. They? they know They've got the it. smarts. They're on the internet. They can read, which they is can fucking read. irritating. Why did we do that? That was oh, an error. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm annoyed with myself. <laughs> you can't, I, I cannot hide anything from them um, to the point that, unfortunately, I do have a bit of a tendency to occasionally take my clothes off and pose you know you it happens to you if you've undergone loads of operations you right. go from going i hate my body to going tits out skull yeah, out yeah, yeah. i love yeah. my body and you suddenly become really proud of everything that's gone through but the but the problem is is that i then have the 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 issue of my 10 year old son going mummy why are you naked again? And we were watching Channel 4 News the other day and I'd done this uh, film with somebody about Behind the Scars project and it was, which is basically about showing off his scars, body positivity, it was amazing. And we were literally just sat down watching the news and Hugo went, oh, mummy, I can see your tummy on the screen and then walked out. But yeah, with kids, I think you just have to be really honest and open. I don't have, you, have, you, have you told them the statistic? Have you told them what? No, I right. haven't. That's the, that's the one thing I haven't told them is the statistic. Um, and I think they know it's really serious. But I mean, my oncologist doesn't know whether I'm going to survive or die. Yeah. I mean, he's more positive than I am. Um, and you know, none of us know, to be honest, what's going to happen. So I'm, you know, until somebody says to me, um, "Sorry, love, your time's up," and you know. X, Y, and Z is going to happen. I'm not. I'm not yeah. having that conversation with them. I mean, do you have any idea if, if that if that is how it ends up? Will you have a warning? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm hoping that I have. I'm treated the Marsden. They're absolutely amazing. They're like by, in the world class. Yeah, they're yeah. just incredible. By a really experienced team who um, they don't beat around the bush. They're really honest with your prognosis, and they're really honest with you know well in this circumstance you might have x number of years or whatever i haven't had that conversation with anyone so okay. i think until i yeah. you know well let's hope i never have to no yeah um but as my oncologist says it's one step at a time um and you you know my view is if i can kick the can down the road or if they can kick the can down the road you just never know what's around the corner so i could benefit from the next amazing drug or yeah whatever it might be um in a year's time uh, because suddenly something will come out so you just kind of you just don't know yeah mm. so at the moment the chemo seems to be working touch words um, yeah, at the yeah. moment all yeah, yeah. um at the moment um my last scan which was in november was stable stable i always thought like every time i get a scan back i'm gutted that the bloody tumors haven't shrunk and i'm like oh but i realize it's better than them not growing yeah mm. so stable is good if i continue to be stable then i have a chance of being operated on to get out the remaining tumors then it would be a case of like watching and waiting to see what happens and it's going to come back like unfortunately i have a type of cancer that will come back um but it's just a case of pouncing on it as soon as it you know kill yeah. the fucker as soon as it comes yeah, back yeah yeah um and just you know just just seeing what happens so oh, amazing and in terms of your because you've got you've, you were saying you posted something quite honest yesterday yeah you've got this amazing kind of support online but have you got who else who else is around you you know yes obviously uh, you've got your mum cleaning up your sick you were absolutely saying. my mum was cleaning up my sick she was she's not allowed to wipe my arse though that's just like a step too far no, i don't like people touching my bottom either deborah no, I oh i'd be like get get involved <laughs> 
This is a perfect excuse. I've waited my whole life to be rich enough to pay someone to wipe my ass. It's never going to happen. Outsource the ice. Yeah, yeah, let's outsource it. Yeah, I'd do it with fifty pound notes. Yeah, yeah fuck it. why not? <laughs> I mean, I'd outsource. I do try to outsource everything in my life, but but ass wiping is. Okay. <laughs> That's really that's your, that is your thing, Deborah. I'm keeping that one for myself. Um, so my husband is is brilliant. So he's around loads. I just have really good friends and family. To be honest with you, like my mm. sister lives around the corner from me. She's brilliant. Um, and um, and my brother, my brother's good for just going. Come on, mate, get on with it. <laughs> what are you um, for? She's fucking cancer. Cheer yeah, up. Yeah, come on. Cancer. Not the only one. Yeah. Make me a sandwich. <laughs> I've got my brother is ten years younger than me, and he's brilliant. But he is he is very much like that. What advice would you give to someone who's maybe got a friend or a family member going through cancer? Like what mm. what have you found other people doing that's helpful or perhaps not helpful? Like what should people yeah. not do? So that's a good question. So it's really personal. But I'm very, very open about stuff, but a lot of people are not. So um, it's kind of, A, don't expect people to share as much as what's actually going on. For me, the most helpful stuff is when people actually just do things without asking. Because when somebody says to me, what can I do to help? I'm like, I don't know. Like, I actually don't know. So, but Thinking of something then becomes another job. It yeah. becomes another job. But actually, if somebody just rocks up with food or somebody just says oh we're going to the cinema then should we just do this or just treat just treat people as normal mm. like go to the pub and just do regular stuff I think is the best thing to be able to do yeah. um because suddenly if you're kind of doing things that feel forced that you wouldn't normally do in that friendship because you have cancer then that's just a bit weird yeah. mm. let's all go to church on Sunday morning <laughs> fuck, fuck you <laughs> really so you're this sort of normal mum and teacher and then like you have this terrible diagnosis and then you're like, fuck it, I know, I'll become an Instagram sensation. I mean, that's the logical progression, yes. Deborah. That is um, my aim. My aim is actually to take over the world, but, yeah. you know, one step at a time. So yeah. Instagram first, um, then a few columns, then, yeah. then... What inspired you? What made you think, that's what I want to do? I, I want to write about this online. Because lots of people would just keep it to themselves. Yeah, so I was really blessed because I was part of a teaching community. Everyone just wants to know how you are in the nicest possible way. Um, but actually, I found it really tiring. Right. Uh, I don't mean this to be rude, but I found it really tiring responding to and almost updating everybody with, oh, I'm fine. Yes, um, you know, I'm not shitting myself every three hours right now. Oh, yes, I'm fine. I haven't thrown up today. And, yeah. you know, it's lovely because people just care and they want to know. But actually, it's really knackering. So I was mm. like, you know what? I'm going to write about it. Um, and I've never really written in that capacity before. Um, I'm actually really dyslexic and I find it really hard. I used to find it really hard to write. But when you've got something to write about, it's amazing mm. how comes out of your mouth um, and well then, at least something's flying out of your mouth for a change absolutely I was going to say way better than the arse um, but in terms of so I decided that I wanted to write under a character that was the polar opposite to what you expect bowel cancer to be like mm. um, which was essentially bowel babe and then I realised it was a, available on Instagram and on Twitter which is always good unbelievably <laughs> unbelievably <laughs> you know when you have this moment and funny enough I was totally high in the hospital on morphine and I was like I think I was tripping out going oh maybe I'll become bowel babe and then I was and then you have this moment where you realise every handle is available yeah, and man. it's like 
I'm here. I'm ready to go. <laughs> right, like Hunter S. Thompson realising we're all lizards. It sounds but, brilliant. But then I did the worst thing in that I connected it to my um, school account. And when you register as a new user on Instagram or Twitter, it can, if you press the wrong button when you're high on drugs in hospital, send out a message to everybody to say your friend bow babe has just registered but i connected it to a parental account which went out to a thousand parents oh (laughs) good excellent (laughs) your friend bow babe has just registered what is going on at this school (laughs) (laughs) you know when you're like you're then like oh now i need to do something about it um so it was almost like i'm so high (laughs) i just want to go to the 24-hour garage and get lucas a mars bars i don't know what to do so you're kind of like forced to then become this person you're like oh no I need to actually write because I've just told a thousand people damn it it. damn Um, so yeah so I just started writing and then he like I found the response was really positive and then and then started writing I was really blessed Um, met some people who gave me an opportunity to start writing publicly about cancer which I think is an amazing privilege actually to do um, because there are and I know this through Instagram in that my story is not unique Um, there are hundreds thousands millions of people there are a million mums in UK living with cancer at the moment Um, and I feel that what I say is probably reflective of what anyone is going through so I don't think my story is is different I don't think my attitude is different Um, I think that I've just been really lucky to have a platform in which to write about it and and kind of just getting a response and people other people sharing stories with me about what they're going through as well and that helps me to be honest with you Mm. Um, so it really helps me when somebody says Oh, but, you know, I was told I had three months to live and I'm here 20 years later. Yeah. Um, Oh, that's awesome. Which is really really nice. Yeah. Um, And also when you're having a really crap day um, and you post something on whatever platform it might be and even if you get one comment or one like or whatever it might be, you know that there's another person with you um, in those really crappy moments. Um, So I do think it's, it's got lots of positives that have come about. I found that that thing is I when I had a premature baby, loads of people, everyone wants to say to you all the time, "Oh, my cousin was nine weeks early, or my brother, or my dad, or my and and like once someone says to me, "Sorry, you must hear this all the time," and I was like, "Yes, but I it's love nice. it, please, yeah, yeah. please, yeah." You know, and they say, "Oh, now they're fine, and now they're seven foot nine, and they, you know." <laughs> They run the Brazilian embassy. I don't know. And you're like, yes, no, please keep just telling tell me that. Because yeah. I think the, the problem is, is that in the media, um, and I know I'm part of this, is that there are so many negative stories. So r- really, let's let's face it, like, that's what makes a good story, is that, you know, I was misdiagnosed and now I'm going to die. You know, that that is the classic headline. Um, and it does. You, To be honest, you need those stories to make people stand up to think about things and to mm. go, oh, shit, that could be me. But at the same time, um, you know, the scaremongering that goes on around cancer, and don't get me wrong, it is, it is shit, um, but, but there's also a positive side that I think can be portrayed much better um, in the media, kind of on social platforms. And I do know that, you know, a lot of people are trying to do that and trying to change the way that people look at cancer. Yeah. It's like, oh, what, you still wear lipstick? Oh, what, you still wear heels? Well, yeah, just because you have cancer doesn't mean you can give up your shoe fetish. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so it is, it is kind of like, I do think there's a bit of work that needs to be done in that area. 
Yeah. And you've been part of some campaigns. You Did you do yeah. a campaign last year for Cancer Research UK? Oh, that was so much fun with some of our fellow Instagrammers. Yes. Tell Absolutely. us about that. What was the name of the campaign? So it was for Stand Up to Cancer. And it is very much, it's it's in collaboration with Channel 4. So there's lots of programming. So you might have seen like loads of programs. Um, and beforehand, they do a bit of kind of, uh, you know, cancer stories or whatever it might be the great british cancer off they do that oh, i love they? that one uh, yeah <laughs> big cancer it's like big brother but everyone's got cancer uh, my two cancers, oh, my two cancers. bringing that back from the 90s right. the naked nice. cancer is my favorite <laughs> yes good that, that is my favorite one <laughs> so you were you were the rebel squad and we so you did squad. We amazing dress up. photo um, shoot yeah, yeah we got to dress up in our we had to choose our favorite rebel and uh, so i choose boudica or well, it depends how you pronounce it boudica or boudica Yes, um, that one. Boudica. That one. That don't one. ask her. She yeah. can't pronounce barbecue properly. <laughs> Essentially, I chose her because actually she rides naked on a chariot. Yes. Um, like waving her sword around, and I kind of figured if she was in modern day history, you know, modern day um life, she'd probably still ride naked just shouting fuck you cancer yeah. um, however when I turned up the stylists decided that I did have to wear clothes oh disappointing oh, disappointing the fun police were out the again fun police were out but no it was cool I got to wear like some big tartan thing and I got to wear a big um, ginger wig which I awesome. thought was brilliant. yes that sounds like a well good Saturday night in it <laughs> uh, sounds like so fun. no it was, it was definitely fun and um, there were lots of us involved in it which yeah. was really cool so, so what's what's the plan for 2018 because you wrote a post about New Year recently yeah yeah, absolutely. So I think um, I'm still undergoing treatment. So I would have, you know, in an ideal world, it's one of those things where you, you know, you, when you dream about writing these posts, New Year, I'm cancer free. Woohoo! Nah, no, it didn't happen. New Year, back on chemo in two days. <laughs> it's just like, so I, I don't think I will um, get that opportunity. But I have got some fun opportunities. So I'm writing a book at the moment, which is out later in the year. Um, so I can't reveal too much about it, but um, I've just got to write fucker is it about cancer it is about cancer it is about cancer it's about golf oh see that's ah there's the link but yeah so so that's my I would say that's my project for 2018 um obviously just to survive is is on my big to-do list I think I put that as what is your new year's resolution my new year's resolution is to live um and people love which is always a good one um and it's just to kind of um just carry on enjoying life actually as much as I can between my treatment um and to continue to get involved so I work a lot with Bowel Cancer UK who I think are brilliant charity and and cancer research um and I think um continuing to raise awareness of not just bowel cancer but like living with cancer and what that means you know unfortunately one in two of us are going to have cancer Mm. um so if you're sitting at eight o'clock on a saturday evening and with your kids and in the middle of x factor an advert comes on where the person is you know it's all grey and dull and the person's dying of cancer. Or if you're a family of four, two of you is going to get cancer. So that's not really... It's not ideal. It's not ideal, is Mm. it? When you're sitting there with stage four cancer with your kids. But I do think that they, you know, we can flip that message a little bit and be like, yeah, it is really scary. But with research, with the right money, we can still make massive advances. So I think Mm. it's about changing that a little bit. How much, can I ask you, and if you don't want to talk about it, it's fine. How much... Do you personally think about death and your own death and how do you feel about it? So I think about it uh, probably too much. But I would say, so what happens is I have moments in my life where I 
don't think about it honestly like I lived I think I wrote a column about this where I lived with massive massive anxiety like panic attacks you know I I've done CBT I've done everything in my past to to manage this anxiety and ironically my anxiety was about health and my worst case scenario when I didn't have cancer was to be to get cancer and to know that you might die and then lo and behold, what happened to me? It was almost like I had this premonition. And then lo and behold, I got cancer. And, you know, I might now know if I'm going, you know, I might know that I'm going to die. And I think when you're first diagnosed, all you can think about is dying. Like that's the, for me, that was the only thing I could think about. And you go into an incredibly dark place. I mean, you know, I went into a place where I didn't shower for about three weeks no, no, for a couple of weeks and like some of my friends had to come and go Deborah you really fucking smell get out of bed and you literally go into this dark horrible hole and then you kind of come out of it and you kind of go through the motions of treatment and you you get a bit better and you kind of think oh actually I'm living I can do this shit you know I've got it under control and then you might have a scan and you're thinking, oh my God, am I what? You, you live between scans when you're a cancer patient and you kind of think, I'm one scan away from being told this could be the, the start of the end. And, you know, right now, if truth be told, I'm probably in that phase because I know I've got a scan coming up and I'm thinking, just because I was stable last time, it doesn't mean I'm going to be stable this time because it just doesn't work like that. You know, chemo can stop working at any point. Um, you know, things can change and they can change in the matter of weeks um and you know cancer is unfair like that so you suddenly go back into this I'm gonna die I'm petrified of dying I'm petrified of leaving my kids and so absolutely like and then then you suddenly have to pull back from it again because the problem is is that when you go into that place you can't function like you can't do anything Um, so it is, um, to be honest with you, the physical is really hard. And trust me, when you're shitting and it's a ring of fire, it's, you know, shitting and vomiting, it's really hard. But then the mental is just as hard. The mental side of things is just a constant battle all the time. Um, and yeah, I, I you know, I, I don't have a solution to it, but I think it's almost being kind to yourself to know it's okay to feel crap one day really depressed the next day and on a bloody high the next day would that be your note i mean it sounds facetious after what you've just said but we'd like to ask people to give like a nugget of wisdom someone yeah. going through the same thing would that be your thing to... yeah just be kind to yourself i think and to to not have it's not about having really high expectations but i think some people want to just feel okay all the time and i think it's actually to 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 know that it's okay not to be okay mm. yeah and I have had days. I've had three days in a row where I ordered, I uber-eated, uber-eated? Yes, uber-eats. Uber uber-eats. McDonald's for breakfast, lunch and dinner because that's all I wanted to eat. Fine. And, and I watched, like, back-to-back episodes of Friends on Netflix. Oh, oh that sounds oh, lovely. Lifesaver. Yeah. Um, and I was suddenly thinking, oh, my God, you know, I'm going into the dark depths of depression you know, and I was really having a go at myself. Um, and then I suddenly thought, Deborah, you've done like X amount of chemo. Give yourself a break. Yeah. If you want to be in bed for three days, be in bed for three days. And I think to be honest with you, that 
that is a much better way of dealing with it. You're an amazing person, Deborah. Let me <laughs> just say that. Truly. I do like a woman who can, you know, start on Instagram and write a book and have a newspaper column and also sit around in her pants watching Netflix. That's uh, you are you are our people, Deborah. She's every woman. Of McDonald's. <laughs> oh, I love yes. a McDonald's. Oh, love yeah. a McDonald's. We do, we do. Although I'm vegetarian, can I just say <laughs> So this is the irony. So what do you eat? Well, this is the irony. Everyone's like, aren't you vegetarian? So I've been vegetarian. So I'm the bowel cancer sufferer that's been vegetarian for 25 fucking years i mean the irony in all the irony yes ridiculous all right done yeah. hold up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com a lot can happen in three years like a chatbot, maybe your new best friend but what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. All right, is it time for a game now, Ellie? I'm definitely in the mood. <laughs> Let's do it. We've done cancer and death. We're done Let's do an amusing game. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. I, I'm, I'm having a swearing game because Deborah, Deborah's quite fond of a swear, Ellie. Oh, yeah. She's saying, I, and I've taken some favourite mum books and mum blogs awesome. and we're going to swear them. We're going to upgrade them to the swear jar. Oh, I love this. Okay, but, brilliant. Okay, so do you want me to do a little... So what I've got here is a bowl of uh, well-known parenting titles and then a couple of swears that you're going to add to it. So so I'm going to go first, all right? Just two examples. So this is How to Grow Up Blank and Push It Out by Blank Hooper. So I'm going to choose two swears. Here we go. So it says How to Grow a Motherfucker and push it out by Arslicker Hooper. Yeah, who wouldn't oh, want to buy that this book? Is brilliant. Can all I right. have a go? Yeah, I'm, you have a go. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna read. I'm gonna read it all out in one go. Okay. <laughs> Hurrah for Gash by Katie Arsehole. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. Hurrah for Gash. Hurrah for Gin yes. by uh, Katie Kirby. Okay. Who, again, a close personal oh, friend. She'll enjoy that. She'll enjoy. <laughs> Happy Mum, Happy Balls <laughs> by Dick Fletcher. Yes! <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Okay, my go, my go. <laughs> the Unmumsy Cunt <laughs> by Sarah... Ba- <coughs> by Sarah Bastard. <laughs> uh, we go. love you, Sarah Turner. Here we go. Okay, here we go. The Contented Little Cock <laughs> by Gina Fuckface. <laughs> This is an excellent name, Gina Ford, I think. That is brilliant. Oh, your turn, Deborah. Your turn, Deborah. (laughs) Don't buy her bollocks by Steph Fuckwit. (laughs) (laughs) Now 
Steph Douglas from Don't Buy Her Flowers yes. listens to this po- podcast. So, Stephanie, you're a fuckwit. Right, <laughs> Don't buy her bollocks. Yeah. I'm not going to be buying her bollocks. Oh, my God. All right. Okay. That's such a good one. Oh, oh, my Would you okay. like to do the last one, Deborah? Should oh. I do this one? <laughs> Why not? Why not? Letters to My Whore by Sherry Ask Bandit. There we go. <laughs> Letters to my whore. You're welcome, Letters Cherry Healy. Letters to my whore. I would very much like to see Inside the Factory with Greg Wallace and Cherry Ask Bandit. <laughs> I would be well up for that. That sounds brilliant. Letters oh, great game, Thor. That is a brilliant game. You great game. Very welcome. Who's, has anyone got a scummy mummy confession for us this episode? My, my only confession is that I currently have... I counted... I counted. I currently have 16 unpaid parking fines. Oh, that's scummy. That's good. It's quite scummy, isn't it? Yeah. Why have you done that? Is it just because you just don't give a fuck anymore? Just don't give a fuck. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. What are they going to do? And I was thinking, could I use the whole cancer thing? And then I tried to use it and it was kind of... Well, uh, I actually had some comeback from somebody that was exactly the kind of comeback that I would have done. With. Just because if you have cancer doesn't mean you can't pay a fine. So I was like, that is a very good point. Um, and then, damn put it. it, put it into the pile of on-pay parking fines. And, I think and, it does, mate. I think you're fine. <laughs> uh, you know, I wouldn't fucking take you to court. Jesus. I mean, really. Who's got time for that? Take me to court on a steroid day and you will lose. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's your confession, basically. You're exploiting your own cancer to park wherever the fuck you want. Park wherever. And I was doing it before I had cancer and now I have a fucking good excuse. <laughs> good for you. I love it. I love it. Good stuff. Well, I think that's about it, Thorne, is uh, it not? It's been a delight and, and wonderful. Yes. I, don't, I, have, I don't have the right words, but thank you very much, Deborah, for no, coming No, thank you for having me. Thank you so much. We've fun. laughed, we've cried, we've taken the piss out of some close personal friends. Yes. <laughs> it's been a wonderful... It's like, uh, like any night with girls. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, thank you so much. Thank you for coming on and being so honest about what sounds, quite honestly, fucking shit. Uh, Literally. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> but, but I think it's amazing that you're just... Just fucking getting on with it, really. Mm. Get on with it. You don't have an option. Do you know? Yeah. You don't have an option. When you're a mum, you just kind of deal with it, don't you? Yeah. 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 Not like parking fines, which you can just shove under the carpet <laughs> oh, and forget about. God, just don't man. deal with them. Can't do parking. I'll deal with cancer. Yeah. Not parking fines. All right. Fair, <laughs> fair enough. Good. There we go. Excellent. Oh, so your column is out every week, is My it? My column's right? out every week online um, yeah. with the sun. Uh, watch this space for a book at some point. I will stop banging on about it. Um, and yeah, just thank you for the support, actually. And please continue to share your stories with me. And people can follow you at Bow Babe. At Bow Babe. You can follow us at Scummy Mummies on all the things mm-hmm. our book is still in print still in print on amazon it was five pounds fifty the other day illy very reasonable very reasonable they keep price. dropping the price by one penny one penny i know i feel i feel like this is just one dude at amazon who's <laughs> just fucking with us i know it yeah. was like yeah five five pounds fifty three fifty two fifty one now fifty yeah. who knows where it's going to go next? who knows probably five pounds forty nine yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, do oh. come and see us doing live shows all all over the bloody country this year. It's crackers. So uh, go to scummymummies.com for uh, dates and tickets. And they do sell out the shows, so get in. Basically. That's right. Get in quick. Uh, thank you for all your support also uh, out there, Scummy Mummies. Thanks for all your confessions and all your likes on the Instagram, etc. Yes. If you like the podcast, <laughs> please rate, review and subscribe. Thank you very much. It really does help. Yes. Okay. That's enough admin. Surely. Oh, shut sake. up, me. Yes. Shut up, you. Deborah. thanks again. You're <laughs> thank fucking you brilliant. See you later. Until next. See you later. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> you don't say that, Ellie. Like, I don't like it. I don't like it. Until next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 
Right, ready? Yep. Scummy Dickheads <laughs> by Ellie Twat and Helen Shit. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.